0: A Factual Data Creation Facility Production. Welcome to the OFNT Podcast, Episode 189, which I'm calling Apple Events and Rumors of Apple Events. Well, the new Mac Mini is in the house and all set up. The setup went much easier and faster than I thought it would. Details in the tech I'm using section. So how about we hit this thing rolling this week? What do you say? Before we get started, I have a correction. Last episode, I had said that The new $69 Apple Pencil didn't have the hover feature. Wrong. Well, once again, I was wrong. It does indeed have that feature. Tech news. It was a jam-packed week of tech news, and it caught me by surprise, to be honest. Yeah, Apple had a lot going on, and I usually start off with news from a certain giant fruit company. But this week, I'm switching it all up, because that's how I roll. (laughs) First, we have WordPress, famous for their web hosting products, which has been a small spending spree as of late. Early in the year, or maybe it was late last year, they bought podcast listening app Pocket Cast from a consortium of public broadcasters who were letting the app wither on the vine. The first thing WordPress did after the purchase finalized was double the subscription price for premium features. Ouch. Yes, there are more updates than before with added features, but I don't know if it's worth the doubling of the price. No. I still use Pocket Cast because it's still one of the best available. I'm just waiting for the Podcast 2.0 apps to catch up on basic features before I finally jettison Pocket Casts. Anyhow, WordPress has just acquired the all-in-one messaging app, Text.com, for 50 million smacky bucks. Text.com consolidates all your messaging apps into one place, and yes, that includes iMessage as well and just about all others I could think of. Text.com charges $12.50 per month for their service. Now I must confess I've never heard of them before, not that I'd be interested in what they offer anyway. For those that currently do subscribe to Text.com, well, I hope that WordPress doesn't double the subscription price like the company did with Pocket Casts. X, formerly known as Twitter, rolled out voice and video call capability for the social media platform. Continuing, owner Elon Musk marched towards making X the WeChat of the Western world. China's WeChat is an everything app that lets you do anything you would want to do online, all within the same app. Besides calling, video calling, posting, and all other things you do on social media platforms, you can shop, bank, and many other things. WeChat takes over your phone and becomes its de facto operating system. I'm still predicting that Microsoft will be the first Western super app, but... Maybe X will beat them to the punch. You know, time will tell. NVIDIA, best known for their graphic and AI computer chips, announced that they are entering the laptop CPU market using ARM-based architecture. Supposedly, the company is working close with Microsoft, and as you'll see later, who isn't these days? AMD is also reportedly working with the boys from Redmond and plan on their own ARM-based chips. Both companies plan on having their first ARM chips ready by 2025. From CNBC. Qualcomm's getting in on the AI craze with new chips for phones and PCs reads the headline. Well, that headline is a bit misleading because the real story is that Qualcomm is going head to head with Apple and their Apple Silicon A and M series chips. Two ARM-based chips were introduced by Qualcomm last week, the Snapdragon series 8 Gen 3 for phones, and the X-Elite for laptops and desktops. The article trumpeted the generative AI capability of both chips, but while watching Qualcomm's announcement myself, what stood out for me is that the company is claiming that not only do their chips outperform Apple's offerings, but do so more efficiently, using at least 30% less energy, which is great for battery life and heat concerns. During their briefing, Qualcomm was comparing their latest chips to Apple's A17 phone chip, and M2 computer chip. It wasn't made clear if Qualcomm's claim were against the Pro or Ultra version of Apple's A17 or M2 chip. Either way, it seems that Qualcomm has at least caught up to Apple Silicon, which is great news for Microsoft and its Windows operating system, who work with Qualcomm for the design of the X Elite chip. Competition is a a good thing. Yes. The big tech company named after a fruit must have been listening because they announced an event titled Scary Fast, which will be held on the evening.
1: What?
0: Yes, evening of October 30th. The time of day that Apple is holding the event is a first, starting at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, which is 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Boy, I wish the US used the 24 hour clock because I sure do. It just makes more sense to do so to my retired military mind. YouTube channel Max Tech first predicted that the neglected 24-inch iMac would be getting an M2 and M2 Pro chip upgrade, and that maybe the low-end MacBook Pro, which still has a touch bar, would be getting a basic M3 upgrade. Friday, he changed his prediction to the 24-inch iMac would be getting the basic M3 chip, while the 14 and 16-inch Pros would be getting the M3 Pro chip. Which seems to be the consensus amongst the tech press as i'm recording this the most interesting prediction came from appleinsider.com who think the main thing here is that the new m3 chip will include ray tracing and don't ask me to explain what that is because i really don't know (laughs) what i understand about ray tracing is that it allows more powerful graphics for video games as was demonstrated for the a17 pro chip which powers the new iphone pros and which the new M3 chips are based on. The website pointed out that the weird timing of the Scary Fast event lines up with the workday time over in Japan and also corresponds to the release of the new Resident Evil games on the iPhone and Macs. In other words, Apple is yet again attempting to enter the gaming sphere and that will be the main pitch of this event. They also posit that perhaps we'll see a new Apple TV box equipped with an A17 Pro chip which will be able to play these advanced games. Apple Insider also thinks all the Lightning-equipped accessories will be upgraded to USB-C connectivity, which would make sense. These accessories would include the Magic Keyboard, Trackpad, and Mouse. We'll just have to wait until tomorrow evening to see what really gets announced. As far as the new competition Apple is getting from Qualcomm and later NVIDIA and AMD goes, remember, Apple have their own operating systems that they can design and optimize to the in-house chips they produce, while the challengers don't have that luxury. The real big loser here is Intel, who are still using the now-ancient X86 architecture for their chips. To wrap up all of the Apple product rumors of this week, again, Max Tech says that next year's iPad Pros will come in two sizes, 12 and 13 inches, both with OLED screens, and will cost $1,500 for the base 12-inch screened iPad and $1,800 for the 13-inch version. What? I can tell you right now that if those prices are correct, I will not be buying another Pro Series iPad ever again. Now, there is also a rumor of a 12.9-inch iPad Air which would join the 10.9-inch model in the Air lineup, which makes sense now if the rumors about the pricing of the Pro models are true. The Air models will be the iPad for the rest of us, I guess. To be honest, I personally don't use any of the Pro features on my 11-inch iPad Pro. You know, like the LiDAR module, for example. The Pro screen has better specs than the Air and Base model, but these old eyes really can't tell much of a difference. Next, someone on X showed off a prototype of a HomePod with a screen. Well, the screen was located on the top of the HomePod, which is weird as well as inconvenient. Let's just hope that the screen placement changes if Apple do eventually release a screened HomePod. The AirPod lineup is supposedly getting an update sometime late next year with a rumor of lower-priced AirPods Originals, which is interesting to me because I mostly see AirPods Pro in people's ears these days. A rumor that just hit the intertubes this very morning is that Apple plans on releasing a 12-inch MacBook that will come in at a price of $699. Huh? Wow. This computer is slated to be released late in 2024. Unlike the old MacBook this unit is replacing, it will feature Apple's silicon and have separate charging and USB-C ports. The original was equipped with a low-end Intel Celeron chip and just one USB port. Hopefully, it won't be equipped with the butterfly keyboard, which had its debut with that original MacBook. Now, why would Apple even bother making such a cheap, and well, at least by their standards, computer? Well, because they're feeling the pressure from Chromebooks, especially after the recent announcement of the Chromebook Plus standard. That was announced by Google and a few hardware partners earlier this month. This also likely explains the rumor of lower-priced AirPods, as many lower-priced competitors have emerged in that space. Well, that'll be a wrap of the tech news section. Check I'm using. As I said in the preamble, I received both the Mac Mini and the LG monitor on Thursday and retired my old Wheezy 2015 iMac. I had one problem, though. The LG monitor was $299 when I put it on my Amazon wish list. I figured there was no reason to order it right away because the Mac Mini had a delivery date of 31 October, so why have the monitor just sitting around? When I received the notification that my Mini was on the way, I went to my wish list and saw that the price had increased by $60. I quickly scrambled to see if there was another model that was cheaper or a better monitor for around the same price, but I came to the conclusion that the LG monitor still offered the best all-around specs, even with the price increase. I'll just chalk this experience up to lessons learned. After packing away my old iMac, I kind of dreaded the setup of the new machine. I assumed there would be some problem that would provide a roadblock and have me befuddled for a time. Well, that didn't happen. Yeah, there were a couple of niggles here and there, but I had the whole rig set up in about 20 minutes. I set up the display first and decided to use the HDMI connector instead of the planned Thunderbolt connection. The Mac Mini I purchased only has two Thunderbolt ports, two USB-A ports, and the one HDMI port. I'm not rendering 3D objects or even doing basic video editing here, so the performance of the HDMI port is just fine for my uses. The LG Monitor has two USB-A ports, so I plug the webcam and ring light into them. I use one USB-A port to connect my audio interface to the Mini. After plugging in the Mac Mini to the line conditioner, I pushed the computer's power button and hoped for the best. The monitor sprung to life and a Siri-like voice came from the Mac speaker with instructions on how to get started. The Apple mouse I'm using was quickly recognized and activated, but the Logitech keyboard wasn't. I dusted off the old Apple Magic Keyboard and that too was quickly recognized. After the initial setup was finished, I was able to connect the Logitech keyboard with no further problems. Problem two was that the USB-A ports on the LG monitor wouldn't power the light or the webcam. I don't know why, but I'll eventually get around to figuring it out. For now, I'm using the old cheap USB-A hub I had lying around to power both the webcam and the light. Having that all sorted out, I got down to downloading the apps I wanted because I opted for a clean install. This went fine, though the information from my digital audio workstation didn't populate with the old data, so I decided to start from scratch, which was very time-consuming. Finally, I hooked up my mic to my audio interface and tested everything out. It all worked fine. First impressions? Compared to the old iMac, this Mac Mini is blazing fast. The monitor looks great to the point where I can't tell a difference between it and the panel that was in the iMac, though that one was 5k while the lg is rated but 4k it worked fine right out of the box without me having to fiddle around with any settings the way it should be in my opinion i did have to lower the brightness a bit though while reading reviews some noted that my model of monitor didn't turn off while putting the computer in sleep mode or would fail to wake up while exiting from sleep mode but i haven't had any problems with that either i guess i'm lucky I tested the webcam by placing a FaceTime call to my lovely wife and everything worked fine there too. I'm very happy so far with my purchases and hope to be using this setup for a long time to come. You know, I finally feel like I have a modern desktop computer and that's a feeling I haven't had for a couple of years now. I just hope that Apple doesn't announce an M3 chip Mac mini tomorrow. (laughs) Time will tell. While putting this sorry excuse of an episode together, I discovered another issue. I cannot authorize my new Mac Mini for Apple Music. What? And that was bad because the effects and music I use for production are stored on Apple Music, once downloaded anyway. Apple has a 5 computer limit per account for Apple Music. Under the Manage My Devices tab within the Apple Music app, I saw that indeed I was at my limit. Well, some of those devices were long gone, like an iPhone 11 and my recently traded-in iPhone 13. I was able to delete most of the items that are no longer in my possession, but have to wait until next month to delete my old iPhone 13 and now packed-away iMac. I signed out of Apple Music on my soon-to-be-traded-in 2018 MacBook Air and MacBook Pro, but I still can't authorize my new Mac Mini. With the episode already in the can, so to speak, I had to scramble to download the music and effects I use for this show. Some are missing, but until I solve this problem, they will remain that way. The lesson here is that you need to log out of Apple Music and FaceTime also... My lovely wife's white iPhone Pro Max is preparing for shipment, and the delivery date was rolled back to October 31st. Well, it's about time, I say. Never have we had to wait so long of a time for an iPhone to be delivered to us. I don't know if this delay is all down to supply chain issues or what, but the next time we upgrade, we'll do it out of the announcement time frame. In regards to my new iPhone 15 Pro Max, I'm enjoying it, but next upgrade I'll probably be going with the standard poor person's edition. That is, unless I'm convinced otherwise. One piece of Apple gear I hardly give any attention to is my HomePod Minis. Currently, I have them augmenting my cheapo Ikea Sonos speakers, all being connected to my Apple TV set-top box. A recent update gives the user the option to enhance the dialogue track on the minis as well as the regular-sized HomePods. I enabled this new feature and noticed the effect immediately. Dialogue is much more clearer now, especially when the dialogue is over background noise like explosions and stuff. This is an example of a small but significant upgrade, which I greatly appreciate. Entertainment News my well, last episode, I told you about Netflix again raising their subscription prices and that others will soon follow. Well, Apple has announced that the subscription price for Apple TV Plus will be raised next month. This marks the second price hike for Apple TV this year, and that now doubles the price from last year's price. Apple also raised the price of their other services like the Apple One Service Bundle. I'll probably stop my Microsoft 365 subscription. Sorry, teams. I love you, but, And a calendar app I subscribe to. Nothing like kicking the public while they're down because of the state of our economy. I hardly use MS 365 anyway, preferring pages for my word processing. I guess FaceTime will just have to do for my sparse video conferencing needs. Yeah, poor me. If the need arises for me to have Microsoft-compatible Office apps, well, I'll just have to resubscribe. I'm also going to be taking another look at Netflix and we will probably once again ditch that service. The Studios and Actors Union are once again talking and many pundits are predicting an end to the strike soon. It appears that it's a little too late to save productions that were due to be released over the next year, with many studios pushing back release dates till 2025. If you're like me, or perhaps in my ignored demographic, this is no biggie because nothing previously announced really appealed to me. I don't know if new seasons of television programs will be delayed in the same way. I hope not. There are some series I regularly watch and enjoy. Podcast news. Not much happening here, which is most likely a good thing. Well, Spotify had a profitable quarter due to them axing a whole bunch of employees, mostly within their podcast division. Also, ad revenue was up 16% as well as the company adding 26% more paid subscribers. Last week and many other weeks, I talked about the rise of so-called fact-checking services. Most, if not all, financed directly or indirectly by governments. The one fact-checking outfit that comes up the most is NewsGuard. Well, they're being sued by Consortium News, which is an independent website, along with the government of the United States, who fund NewsGuard. The Consortium News podcasts were rated as disinformation, misinformation, false content, and anti-U.S. Consortium News alleges that they are being censored by NewsGuard and therefore the U.S. government and of violating the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, which guarantees free speech. Consortium News states that they, as well as many other independent news organizations, Are targeted and stigmatized for offering different opinions or dissent from u.s policy yes well good luck with that bro i hope you guys have deep pockets for those who reside in europe know that the eu has recently signed a multi-million dollar contract with newsguard so you can expect to see the same censoring and hopefully lawsuits (laughs) the only way to challenge these government-funded entities is through the courts Amazon-owned podcast production studio Wondery has announced three podcast video channels on Amazon's Freebie streaming service. Starting October 31st, users can find old and new podcasts with a mix of on-camera video, cinemagraphs, animations, and show artwork on Freebie. Amazon is taking a cue from YouTube, which according to recent surveys, is the main way people discover podcasts. No. I guess video podcasts are the future of podcasting, at least to Podcasting Incorporated. According to a recent survey from Spotify, Gen Z's favorite genres are health and fitness, religion, government podcasts, TV and film and fiction podcasts. Hey, what happened to true crime? I thought that was the leading genre amongst all generations. Again, no story or real rant this week. I've been very busy with new tech and plain old life. Instead, I'll reflect on becoming recognized officially old by the authorities at B. Like my father, I was often asked by much younger co workers what it felt like to be at my older age, well, at least in comparison to them. And like my father, I replied, not good, but better than the alternative. I found that aging isn't a slow, process but more of a spurt i can remember the first evidence of slowing down it occurred to me at age 48 in my early 40s i got heavily into running according to my doctor i got too heavily into it every year i shaved more and more time off my mile and three mile runs i was at a point where i could run a mile in just over six minutes and complete a three mile run in about 21 minutes Right after turning 48 years old, I noticed on one run that my time was slower, though I was fine the day before. On future runs, I could no longer attain those old times, no matter what I did. A couple of years later, my times were down to a little over 7 minutes for a mile run and about 23 minutes for the 3 mile run. Well, The last time I attempted a 3 mile run was on my 55th birthday, and I clocked in at just under 26 minutes. This after maintaining 23 minutes until right before then. I finally took the advice of my doctor and stopped running because he told me if I continued to do so, I would face knee replacement surgery in the future. Hence, I switched to indoor cycling, but that exercise is not really a substitute for running. Now that it's years later, I notice that no matter how much sleep I get, I feel like crap upon waking up, and I was always that guy who felt great in the morning, to the chagrin of my roommates and my spouse. My stamina while walking has taken a nosedive as well as when I'm doing physical labor. It's not that I can't do certain things, it's just that I can't do those things as long or as often. And that includes my libido, unfortunately. I'm not complaining, though. I know and see people much younger than I who are battling health issues, so I consider myself fortunate. I don't know how much time I have left, but I intend on keeping my body as fit as I can, and that's my advice to you. Well, on a bright side, at least I can get a senior citizen discount now when my military service discount isn't honored. I'm playing the music, which of course means I'm getting ready to wrap things up here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it for you. If you like what you heard, you can make it a donation using the link in the show notes. Any and all donations will be appreciated. You can always reach me at OFNTpodcast at gmail.com. That is, if you're so inclined. I'd enjoy hearing from you. And I really would. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Hey, can you help me rake some leaves before getting off my lawn? Stay skeptical. I'm out.
1: See ya.